Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we praise your holy name. We want to thank you so very much, Lord, for your wonderful presence, Lord, your Holy Spirit being here with us today, allowing us to praise and to worship you. I want to pray, Lord, for each family, each person who can give their tithing and offering to you as an act of worship. I want to pray blessings upon them and their families. I want to pray, Lord, for each person here today, Lord, they'll completely die to their will, die to themselves. And I pray that you'll open up, Lord, their spiritual ears and eyes. They can see and hear and understand, Lord, your word. I pray for myself, Lord, that I completely die to my will and to myself. And I pray, Lord, for unlimited portion of your anointing power, your spirit to flow through me and upon me to allow the word to flow here this morning. There's someone here that needs to be born again or healed or set free or delivered from anything, Lord. Let them accept you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This is the, actually part 10. Uh, we've been starting for 10 weeks ago dealing with the highway of the seed. And the reason God told me to do this is because of this reason. There's more and more and more Christians today who I do believe are born again who loves Jesus Christ. But when they're challenged in college or challenged in school or challenged on their job or whatever, most Christians cannot defend their faith. All they can say is, is I love Jesus, he died for me, and that's it. When they start being uh, push on about what they actually believe, most people, most Christians, cannot defend what they really believe, where it comes from. So you need to understand who you are in Christ, and you need to know your background, your family history as a born-again believer, so you can stand up against the world system, because I'm telling you, as we get closer and closer to the end times, you need to know who you are, because you're going to see all kinds of crazy things out here and you will be challenged. Now, after today's message, it won't be called the highway of the seed, the blood of the bloodline of Noah anymore, but we're going to continue on the same path all the way until we get to Christ, okay? Because if you don't understand that, then you can say, well, Jesus Christ died for me, but you have no idea why, where it comes from, what it means for you. So, it's very important we understand this. Today's message is going to be very deep, some's never heard it before. Some will question some things they've ever heard before. Um, but I want you to see what the Bible has to say. Not our opinions, but God's Word. So if you remember, last week we got into about how the Bible says that Noah had three sons. Now it's always listed in Scripture, written as Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Why they did that, I don't know. You say, well, that's how they was born. No, it's not. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. It was not born Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And here's why I'm showing this to you. Because if you go ahead and start doing research and looking at commentaries and looking at people's opinions and thoughts, like there's one I hear that says um, that Ham was a middle son and Japheth took his place as a middle son and threw Ham back toward the end because of what he did. That's not what the Bible says at all. Okay? But people look for every reason of why things say and do what they do. And I want to show you in Scripture, because again, it's not my opinion, it's what God's Word says. Amen? So this is important. So again, it's kind of make sure we understand this. He has three sons. And why is these three sons important? Well, I'll show you at the end of the message, every single nation upon the earth, every nationality, 
Every religion you can think of comes out of these three sons. Every one of them across the whole planet. Matter of fact, you're going to see it here at the end in Genesis 10, even your scientists and people who does genealogies kind of thing always goes back to this very chapter because every single human being on the plate, the whole planet, every single one of them comes back to this right here. So it's important you see where it comes from. What does it mean? Who, who are you on Christ? So let's look at this first of all. Even though it's listed as Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and most of the time it's listed as spiritual order most of the time. So you got to understand it's, it's got nothing to do with how those born. So what, what does the Bible say? Look at this. Go first of all to Genesis 10. Look at verses 21. And it says, Unto Shem also the father of all the children of Eber. Got into that last, last time about what that meant going back to the Hebrew. And what does it say? The brother of Japheth. What? The elder. Even to him who were born, born, were, were born children. Now, why is this important? That tells you right there that Japheth is the eldest son, not Shem. Okay? So that's the first one. So no matter how it's listed, he's the oldest one. Then go to Genesis 9.24, and it says what? And Noah woke from his wine and knew what his younger had, had done unto him. Um, that would be him. So who's in the middle? So this is important that you see how this is laid out. So, again, I'm showing it to you because of this reason. If you go back and do research, you're going to find everybody arguing and fighting over who's the oldest son, who's the son, and they're giving their opinions of why things happened the way they did. So what I try to do is, is to show you what the Bible really has to say, and you let the Spirit guide you. So now go over to Genesis 9, and let's go to verses 20. And let's look at what took place here. Because I'm going to tell you, I can't go over all the details today um, about what people think, but I will kind of hit on a few things. <laughs> but, but I've heard, for 25 years, I've heard this story here. Some adds a whole bunch to this story, and some takes a whole bunch away. But what does the Bible really say about this? Genesis 9, look at verses 20. Now, this is after uh, the flood, and God has blessed them, and now... They're back on the earth, the animals. We talked talk about the rainbow, the whole thing. Look at verses 20. And Noah began to be a husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. Okay, now watch. And he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. Okay, so right, let's stop right there and just kind of make sure we understand what's taking place here. First of all, um, here's where a lot of people brings up a bunch of stories about Noah. Okay, I'm not going to do that because I can't do that because the Bible don't say that. You can read commentaries. You can even, even read Jewish commentaries about what happened to Noah. Did his son do something bad to him in a sexual manner or not? Could be, but the Bible don't say so. Okay, it don't say that. We can speculate. We can think about why is it why this happened, what took place. I don't know. You don't know. I don't because the Bible does not tell us that. But what it does tell us in Scripture is one thing for sure happened, and it's right here in black and white of what took place, and that we can count on. So we don't know what happened to Noah, okay? But we know something took place there, and we know that it's not good, but let's kind of carry it deeper here. 
Because first of all, you got to look at the spiritual meanings of these words to find out what's going on. Okay? So here it says that he was uncovered. What's they been talking about? Okay? Noah got drunk. Was that wrong? Yes. But guess what? Noah's also a human being. Even though he's a patriarch, even though he's God's chosen, okay, he got drunk and he's sitting here in his tent, his own tent, and he's butt naked laying there in his tent. That's what the Bible says. I don't make say that. The Bible says that. Is that wrong? Yes. But what's the spiritual meaning behind it? When I'm looking at Scripture for me, I'm always trying to figure out and look at the Holy Spirit guide me. What does this mean? What's the point of putting this story here? And again, there's all kind of stories and you can see commentaries and people talking about what really happened here. The problem is they don't know what really happened there. In other words, nobody knows what really happened there. They're saying, but this happened, this happened, so that means this had to happen. You weren't there. God only gives us what's written in Scripture for facts, so you've got to go off of what's written in Scripture to find out what he's trying to tell us. Does that make any sense? Yes, no, maybe. Okay, let's carry it deeper. Um, first of all, what does the word here uncovered even talking about here? What does it mean in his tent? He was uncovered. Uh, he got drunk and that was, that was a bad thing. Okay, first of all, nakedness. We're going to get into that next. Nakedness, uncovered, always usually refers in the Hebrew as a sexual sin perversion, or, hear this, dishonor, okay? The sexual sin and perversion, we do have, we have no way of knowing what happened. We wasn't there, and the Bible don't tell us exactly what happened. Doesn't matter what rabbi or some, or some commentary tells you, if the Bible does not tell us for sure what happened, we know something happened. But what we do know that is written is the last part of the Hebrew word, which is dishonor. Okay? That's in Scripture. Dishonor. We know for a fact whatever happened here with Noah and his sons, one of him, one of them, Ham, dishonored him. How he dishonored him, I don't know. So I'm not going to get up behind the pulpit and tell you, just make up stuff. Some pastors do that. I'm not going to do that. I've seen it happen before and over and over and over. Just be careful of that. So look at it from, from a spiritual point of view. Okay, if we don't know for sure what happened, why is this story here, and what is God trying to tell us? Well, let's look at it. Let's just kind of, kind of go deeper into it. What does this mean? He was laying there naked in his tent. What does the word nakedness mean? And what took place? Well, this actually goes back to the covenant. Remember I showed you from Adam and Eve all the way to right now in Noah that God has eight covenants and seven dispensations of time. He's already gone through Adam and Eve. Now we're sitting here with Noah. He has a new covenant. But how many understands that the eight covenants are tied together? How many understands to where when one covenant is fulfilled, it goes to the next one? It's not done away with. It's just been completed. Does that make any sense? Yes, no, maybe. Okay, it's important to know that because if that's not true, then you Christians don't have the Abrahamic covenant. But how many here know that you do? You, that's been given to you, but that's been fulfilled. You're under a new covenant, but yet you still have the Abrahamic covenant. Same thing here. So what does this talk about? If you go back and you look at Adam and Eve, go to Genesis 2.25, and let's look at this before they sinned. 
Before the first fall of man, what does it say? They were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So at the very beginning, before sin, before the fall, they were completely naked before God, and they were not ashamed at all. Okay, then we know the story of how, what took place and, and, the, and the sin. And after they sinned, look at Genesis 3, 7. Well, what does the Bible say here? And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Here's what you got to understand. They couldn't do it then, and you can't do it now, Nakedness represents, after the fall, sin. They try to cover up their sin, their nakedness. You can't cover your sin up. You can't even hide it. Okay, y'all get a hold of this. You might think that you can, but God sees all. So what, so what does God do? Look at Genesis 3.21. I'm showing you here a backdrop of what happened here to Noah. It says in Genesis 3.21, Unto Adam and also unto his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Okay? So you can't hide your sin, but what can God do? God kill animals and cover their nakedness up with animal skins. So that covered the sin. That covered the nakedness. Does that make any sense at all? That goes all the way back to the very first covenant and second covenant. Now, fast forward it back up. Go back to Genesis 9. Let's look at Noah. What's that got to do with anything? Everything. So you've got to understand here all this is connected. So we, the God's trying to show us something that Ham did wrong and the other two brothers didn't. I'm not going to get into all the controversies of what Ham did because I don't know and no one knows. No one knows that. So don't fall into that little rabbit hole and stay there trying to figure it out when you're missing the whole point of the story. The point of the story is not what happened to Noah, because we don't know, but we do know what's written is that Ham dishonored his father. We know that Noah got naked, which means he's laying there openly with sin. Does that make any sense? In his tent. That's what the Hebrew word's talking about. Ham comes in unexpectedly, and boom, sees his father. What should Ham should have done versus what he did do? This is important. Now, there probably are something more that took place there, but if God wanted you to know about it, he'd tell you. See, he did tell us, he did tell us certain things in Scripture that people still fight over about, you'll see just a minute, about the giants and the Nephilim kind of thing. It's, it's, it, that's in Scripture. That's in black and white. And you fix to find out how that is tied right back to this. I want you to see this, how important this is. Okay, so now look at Genesis 9. Let's keep going on with the story. Look at verses 22 and 23. It says, In Ham, the father of Canaan. Stop right there. Notice on purpose in Scripture, Ham, it says, it throws it out there at you, the father of Canaan. There's a reason why I'm showing you that. Now watch. Watch this. The father of Canaan saw the nakedness, the sin of his father, and here's where he messed up. Look, look at the next part. And he told his two brothers that was, at, that was without. That's the problem right there is where he messed up. More on that just one second. Look at verses 23. 
And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid upon, uh, upon their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness up of their father. And their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. Now why is this important? What did Ham do wrong? Okay, he walked in by accident. Let me ask you a question. If you had a brother or a sister or a cousin or someone close to you, and you walk home or you go, go pick them up somewhere and they got drunk and they're laying in the backyard naked as a jaybird and they're drunk, what do you do? You, do you not go get your blanket or a coat or something and go cover them up? No, no, no. I'm going to go get on the phone and go call everybody. Hey, Aunt so-and-so. Hey, Uncle so-and-so. Hey, guess what? Someone's out here naked. That's exactly what took place here. See, the, see Ham, instead of covering his father's nakedness up, because God has said, I have already, through a covenant, have covered your sin up spiritually. And watch. He's laying here wide open, sin, instead of Ham doing the right thing under the covenant and covering him up, he runs outside to go gossip and go tell his brothers who's without that tent. Does that make any sense? That part we do know for sure. We don't know what happened, but we know that part for sure. Does that make any sense? Y'all getting quiet. I'm showing this to you because I want you to know who you are in Christ and where it comes from. Because all the nations of the earth comes from these three sons. Every one of them. Every one of them is connected one way or another. Including Jesus Christ. And that's why it's important to see this. So, we know for a fact that he dishonored his father, and that's huge in Almighty God's eyes. Okay? But now let's look at Shem and Jabeth. What did they do? The difference is, it's important, they took a garment, the Bible says, which represents a righteous garment, just like the blood-soaked skins was in Genesis 1 that he covered their nakedness up with. They took a garment and didn't want to see the sin and backed in backwards and covered him up with that righteous garment. Does that make any sense? That's exactly what the Bible is talking about here in context. So we got to understand they did not see their father's nakedness. They did not see their father's sin as the other one did. Ham did, the gossiper. The one who wanted to go and tell everybody what he, what he saw. And it could be more to it, I don't know. But we know for sure he dishonored his father. Does that make any sense? Go back to Genesis 9 and look at verses 24. Now watch this. And this is where it gets interesting. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. Now, people takes that verse right there. You see, he did something to him. We don't know what he did to him. So quit trying to read into it. People have done that over and over for hundreds of years, debates, and you'll see it happening all over the internet about it. Well, here's what I do know. You don't know anything. That's all, that's just all the Bible tells you right here. That's it. So you have no idea. You can guess, you can speculate, you can think. I can read all the commentaries, people's opinions, but the Bible does not tell us that. All I know is when he woke up from his drunkenness, whatever had happened to Noah by Ham, we know for a fact, it gives us in Scripture, that Ham dishonored his father. Now here's what's weird about it. As soon as he woke and saw this, what did Noah do? He cursed Ham. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Ham wasn't cursed. 
How many here knows that Ham had other kids and those kids are not cursed? Only one of them is cursed. And that leads some to say, well, that means that Canaan was also with Ham when he did whatever he did to Noah. Maybe so. I don't know that. David don't tell us that. All we know is, is that Noah's grandchild is getting ready to be cursed, not all of them, but one of them. That's what the Bible says. Okay, I'm just trying to show you who you are in Christ, where it comes from. So look at the next verse here. Look at verses 25. And he said, curse be not Ham, but to who? Canaan. That's Ham's youngest son. Watch. This is very interesting. Why, why this is going on here. A servant of servants shall be unto, unto his brethren. So all of a sudden now, the question arises, why did God not curse Ham? I'll show you why he didn't curse him. There's a biblical answer for that. Okay? So here's why when God speaks something, okay, you can't go back on what God said. And no one knows this covenant. So look here in Genesis 9 and verses 1. Remember when they first landed, look what happened. And God blessed Noah and his sons. God had already spoke a blessing upon Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth already, God, God spoke the blessing. So Noah knows this. And, it says, and he said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So what does Noah do because of what happened? He didn't curse him. He cursed the youngest son. Now, there's a reason for all this, guys. I'm fixing to show you the reason. Okay, God already knows every detail. God knows the end from the beginning. Okay? You remember earlier, several weeks ago, when we were teaching about the Nephilim and about the giants and the flood that happened here with Noah. Now remember the scripture I read where it said there were giants in the land before and after that. Y'all remember the scriptures? I'll show that to you. After what? It was the flood. Before the flood, there was giants, and after the flood, there were giants. Where did they come from? Well, I'm going to show you where they came from. Okay, it's tied right back to Ham and right back to the youngest son called Canaan. This is amazing when you look this stuff up, okay? I want you to see this. So God already knew when he had already spoke a blessing upon all of his children, but Ham was the one who dishonored Noah. Now watch, God, God spoke it, God knew it. Noah could not go against God and speak the, against God's blessing, but he could speak against a, a youngest son called Canaan, and God allowed this because God already knows what's tied back to Canaan. Now watch this. Y'all ready to go deeper into this? this is, to me, it's very, very cool. I, I love God's word. Okay, so here says Noah speaking a curse upon Canaan, and it's, it's amazing how it's all tied back to the giants and back to the Nephilim. Now, you can read later yourself, okay, because I've had this question asked me for 25 years. That mean God you serve allowed Israel to go in here and kill all these people and kill their kids and kill their animals and kill the wives. That, I will not serve that kind of God you don't know what you're even talking about. Again, you don't know this. You don't know the covenants. You don't know what's even taking place. You don't know about Noah's sons and what even happened. Okay? So you can read later Deuteronomy 20, verses 1 through 15. I'm going to let you read that for yourself. But in that passage, how many here knows that 
Shem is the spiritual seed line where Christ comes through. This is where you're going to get, get into it next week. It's where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob comes from, which is Shem. That's a spiritual seed line that God was saving on the ark through Noah. Now watch. So you're going to see here that Shem's line is Israel. So God tells Israel, Genesis 21 through 15, I want you to go conquer all these areas. But he says 1 through 15, do not kill the kids. Do not kill the women. Do not kill the cattle, but take them unto yourself as spoils. You with me? Then all of a sudden now, in verses 16 of Deuteronomy chapter 20, something else happens. Go over there. Genesis 20, and look at uh, verses um, 16. Now, you're going to find he speaks something different in verses 16 because they're all these, these groups here are all tied back to Ham and Canaan. Okay? Ham and Canaan are tied back to the groups which he said, kill them all. Look at this. Watch, verses 16. Now, after I, you read the 1 through 15, and he starts speaking there, don't, 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 don't kill everybody. Then he says, but, but of the cities of these people, which the Lord thy God doeth give thee for an inheritance, thou shalt save alive nothing that breatheth. And he's free to start listing them. Now watch. But thou shalt utterly destroy them, namely the Hittites and the Amorites and the Canaanites, get a hold of this, and the Prezites and the Hivites, and the Jezreites, and the Lord thy God have commanded thee. And they that teach you not to do after all their abominations which they have done unto their little g-gods, so should you sin against the Lord your God. So it's powerful to me how he's taken Shem's line, Israel, now watch, and says go take all these cities and don't kill anybody but except the warriors, and save the women and children and get all the spoils. Then all of a sudden in verses 16, but this group, I'm fixing to give you all the names, all the ites, don't let nothing be left alive. Kill them all. Okay? And it's amazing. You go look them up. Every one of these ites goes right back to Canaan, right back to Ham. Every one of them. And it goes right back to the Nephilim and the giants. Have you ever heard of that before? <laughs> look it up. That's why I'm showing you how important this is because God knew where it comes from. And listen to me. When you have dishonor in your heart the way Ham did, it ain't just not from God. It's from the devil. Y'all seen this, anybody? It's important that you see what God is doing here. What is, what's it talking about? So, it's important that you understand what's taking place here. So, it all goes back to that. Now, go back to Genesis 9. Genesis 9, and go over to verses 26. Now watch this. Now he speaks now, after he speaks the curse on Ham, or not Ham, but, but Cain and his son, look what happens in verses 26. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, 
and Canaan shall be his servant. Now watch verses 27. And God shall enlarge Jabeth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Now if you notice what's taking place here, twice he speaks that Canaan, the dishonored one, going back to Helm, will be a servant unto these two children. Okay? Shem was the first one he speaks of spiritually. That's where Israel comes from. Notice this, Japheth will what? Dwell where? In the tents of who? Shem. Get a hold of the biblical meaning of your salvation. Gentiles, okay? You do not have a separate gospel. You are not on your own. Gentiles, God did not give you a new gospel for you. God said what? Japheth. You will dwell in the tents of who? Shem. Gentiles, you have been granted into the commonwealth of Israel. Israel comes from Shem. You're not on your own out here. You will be blessed, but you are granted into the commonwealth of Israel. Does that make any sense, anybody? Amen. I'm trying to get you to see the spiritual meanings behind these things. And most folks miss this. Now, I'm not going to try to read them all. But Genesis 10, 1 through 32, all your Buddhism, all your Hinduism, all the evils you see in the world today is listed right here in Genesis 10. And every one of the Buddhists, all the isms, all the ones that's out here that's got all these weird gods goes right back to Canaan and right back to Ham. And you're going to find where Nimrod comes from as well. Guess who it is? Ham and Canaan, okay? More on that coming up. I'm trying to give you your background story so you Christians will know who you are in Christ. Amen, are y'all seeing this? Satan does not like you. He don't want you to know the truth, okay? Noah, God used Noah. God saved Noah to keep the spiritual seed coming. And the spiritual seed is manifested back through Shem. And you're going to see it going all the way through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the way through. Y'all getting a hold of this? The Ham, I don't know exactly what he did, but I do know he dishonored his father. And I do know because of that, Canaan is cursed. And Canaan goes right back to, and I'm not going to try to, try to name all of them out here, but it's not hard to see. When you go out here and look at all the countries today, there's communists that goes against Almighty God that worships fat statues, Buddha, and, and little fat men on a, on a pole somewhere. Those people are not blessed from God because if you don't honor God Almighty, you're not going to be blessed of God Almighty. It's real simple. But great, now you shouldn't feel that way. I don't feel that way. Almighty God does. God makes it real clear to Shem and Japheth I'm blessing you. I do not want you involved with their little gods of this world system. It's little gods. Worshiping a statue, a wooden statue, a rock. But what do folks do? God and you is going to happen even today. People worships the creation more than the creator. People worships themselves. They look to Mother Nature. Well, we're going to save the planet. Really, I'm glad you're so powerful. You're so wonderful. Saving some aluminum foil, some plastic. You're, you're, you're going to do so much. 
I'm all for trying to do what's right so I can breathe better, but get out of this notion that you can save the planet. You're not God. God knows what he's doing, hallelujah. God will save the planet. Quit watching all these movies. You know, God had a big plan for all of us, and it was out here so wonderful. You know, but, but, but now man killed himself. You know, we send in all these bad things and put in everything, and at the end, we just end up killing ourselves. But you might want to go look for the aliens to come help you because the aliens are out here in the world, and they're, they're watching everything, and they're, they're trying to help us save our planet. Get off that goofiness. See, people watch too much TV and look too much for themselves. Why not look to Almighty God? Why not honor Him? Hallelujah. As a Christian, if you're born again, quit listening to the world system and listen to what God's Word says and trust Him. Hallelujah. Will you be popular? Not at all. Not one bit. What's going to hate you? Because you don't put your trust in man, put your trust in God, not the government, but Almighty God. What does God say? Hallelujah. Y'all getting a hold of this? That's why it's important for these Christians to know who you are in Jesus Christ. That's why I'm showing you this. So that's the story of his three sons. And this will end the ten parts. But the next week you're going to find out as we get into this, very interesting how all these nations still mess it up again. Okay? And that God already knows that. But I'm going to show you where it comes from. Because when you hear the stories of Nimrod and good old Estor, which where you get Easter from, I want you to know they are tied back to Ham. They are tied back to Canaan. You get a hold of this? You, church, if you've been born again, you're tied back to Shem, the spiritual seed of Israel through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, hallelujah, which is where Jesus Christ comes from. You don't have a different gospel, a different way. You have a way you're grafted into them. So if you hate Israel and you won't replace your theology, more than likely you're, you're, you're being messed with by the demonic spirit of Ham and Canaan. You better hear me on this. It's telling you straight where come what the Bible has to say about it. So just as Adam and Eve had a righteous garment put over them, the two sons backed up and did the exact same to their father. And God said, I'm going to bless you for that. Does that make any sense? Yes, no, maybe? Amen? So, I'm going to stop right here for today. Next week's going to get very different and very deep into this next part. And some of you already know as we get into it the next four or five weeks about Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Some has never heard of it. But all that will, will pull out the Palestinians, the Muslim line, where it comes from, all these things. Everything you want to know, guys, about what you see in the world system today, it's right in Scripture if pastors would just teach it. The problem is most pastors don't. They should. As a Christian, I don't want you to be fooled in the world system. We was talking, I was talking 10 years about this right here. You look around how bad the world's getting. Y'all know, you can see it, right? It's crazy, crazy. But as Gary taught a couple weeks ago, it's supposed to. We're getting close to the end times, Okay? But here's the thing. You've been chosen. You're not Abraham. You're not Noah. You wasn't born in your grandparents' time. You're right now. This is your time. So you've already seen changes take place when you was a child. How many kids know? These kids right here don't even realize. When we was kids, you went to a playground. Man, you weren't flying down a metal slide. 
they catch your arm wide open and you just hit and, you just hit and gravel and pavement and get up and just enjoy it. Kind of up 20 feet in the air to go get on, on, on monkey bars and we used to have one here. Get on a merry-go-round and some big old bully would come up and spin your tail around and you go flying off. That was fun days, but you learn how to get over that kind of stuff. Now your monkey bars are five feet from the ground and you fall on cushion. I mean, of plastic. And you get on a slide and you're inching down. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I mean, you, you, there's no way you're going to get hurt. So you don't learn anything. You stay soft. So you don't know how to fight back. It's the same thing. We're, we're sitting here with our kids doing this to them. And they get inside high school and colleges. Oh, my God, i got to go have a safe, safe space, a safe room. Because he hurt my feelings. This is how we've gotten. So you don't realize when you do that kind of stuff, Satan's going to throw all kind of garbage at you, and you don't know how to fight back. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Christians the same way. So we got to learn, guys, things are going to come our way, but you got to stand your ground on who you are in Christ. Amen. And the only way you're going to know that is let God's word reign inside you. And I watch more people who just falls for it, just goes with the world system. Whatever happens, happens. I look at this time right now and I look at what's happening all around us and all the hope I've got is knowing that God's in full control. I belong to him, hallelujah. I'm not going to conform to the devil's world. I'm not going to conform to what they tell me I have to do. I don't believe in man's religion. I believe in Almighty God. So if you get your feelings hurt, so what? So what? Grow up. Think about that spirit to grow up. So I'm going to sit here and know that God has a plan for me and at the end I'm in his hands. Amen. And I see what's happening so my peace comes from knowing the end of the book. I know what happens. Does that make any sense? I'm not going to go hide in the woods somewhere and wait for it to all happen without me. I'm supposed to stand here and fight up against it. Even though we know we're heading that way. Don't just sit here and just sit back and say, okay Satan, go ahead. Have it. No. It's like some guy coming to my house or not. I'll just go take anything you want to. No. I'm going to fight you back. You might, you might get it, but I'm still going to fight you. It's the same thing with the devil. We know his time is coming, but you still fight back. Because at the end, I know who wins. How about you? Amen. And see, when you know who you are in Christ, listen, all these religions that you hear in Genesis 10 is tied to Ham and Canaan. Do I hate them? No. And I don't hate them at all. I feel sorry for them. I mean, think about how dumb you got, you got to sit here and be. I watched a story yesterday about India. These people sitting here with rats in a temple drinking out of a big old bowl of milk and they're bowing down and washing to dumb rats because that could be Uncle Joe. Really. They took for miles to get to a temple with full of rats. Rat mess everywhere. You're feeding rats when you're starving to death over here. Now, I feel sorry for folks like that because their minds have been brainwashed into reincarnation. I worship a, a dirty rat versus Almighty God. That's called dishonor. I feel sorry for those kind of religions. I really do. They're tied back to Canaan and Ham, but I won't compromise. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, they're okay. You know, it, it, it's fine. We're all heading to the same place anyway. No, we're not. You think Ham and Japheth and Shem was all heading in the same place? No. God says, you two are blessed and you're cursed. That's what, what, what God says. I'm not God, he is. God knew what he was doing. 
But here's a good part. At the end of the story, when Jesus Christ died to fulfill all these covenants, he died for even Ham's line and Canaan's line and the Muslim line and all the Buddhist line and all the Ite line. Everybody, he died for them all. So you've got to come out of that garbage and accept what Christ did for you. And when you do, you can be born again and you can dwell in the tents of Shem. Y'all get a hold of this, anybody? Okay, who you are? Yes. So you can choose to be a slave, a servant, be in bondage of the world system, or you can choose to dwell in those tents. Your choice. There's only one way. Always don't lead to God. Satan lied to you. So Christians, we've got to stand up. We've got to take our place in Jesus Christ. Does that make any sense? Know who you are in Christ. Don't fight with nobody, but don't budge. Does that make any sense? Amen. Can we stand to our feet? It's going to get deeper next week, guys. Amen. Hope you guys got something out of this. Hope it makes sense to you. Uh, I advise you, I really invite you to look up all these Amorites and Hittites and stuff and see who they're connected to. It, it, it really will blow your mind when you sit there looking at all that. It is proof. Amen? So if you're here today, I always give an opportunity. If you're not born again, you're not saved, this is your opportunity as we get ready to play. I can't save you, but God can. Amen? Now this next part is for those who have been saved. If God speaks to your spirit to come down by faith, and pray for a loved one or whatever he tells you to do to give a testimony, anything, be obedient to it and do it and watch what God will do. Amen? Just what, what is your need today? There's nothing too big for God. Just trust Him. Just trust God. If you don't have the peace that surpasses all understanding, God wants to give you that. If you need a new job, need to be healed or something. God wants to give you that. We all go through the things in our life. I know I do every week. So a week goes by, I'm not fighting something. How about you? I know regardless of what we go through, He's there with us. Amen? So what's your need? Okay. I want to thank you guys for coming today. I hope you got something out of this. Um, you can go back and listen. If you, if you know folks who need to hear this, click on the video after a while and send, send it to somebody. Let, let them hear it because they might not agree with it, but they, may, they might want to hear the truth. Amen? Um, God's Word speaks for itself. Amen. Um, Gary, you want to close in prayer?